All righty. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Modcast. I'm your host, Chris Perry, with your co-host, Tyler Bedson. Tyler, what kind of animal do you feel like today? Well, Chris, I'll tell you, I've been researching frogs for the past week now. Okay. And I found a list of the top 20 frogs to own, uh, pet frogs. And uh, through looking through this list, I actually chose the number one frog on this list, which happens to be called, simply named, the chubby frog. The ch- <laughs> Yes, and I, if you look one of these up right now, it very fits the description. It's kind of cool looking though, man. It looks like it looks kind of like a rock with eyes. Um, they're see. large, fun to watch, and easy to care for. They can live for ten years. Oh, and look, guess what? The price of these twenty dollars in this twenty dollars in this economy, dude. Yes, this yes. might be your means of transportation. I mean, if it wasn't only seven to eight centimeters, I would say that yes. But imagine I could get like five, six hundred of these. That's what I'm saying. Yes. You get you get an army of them. Where they pulled on a sled. Yeah. Not like that. Hmm. I, I, I might get one of these. You can get them in a 15, 15 gallon glass tank, and you can house two adults. Hmm. Okay. Huh. It's worth looking into. I think Laura would love that. Yeah, me too. We we'll have to wait for her to listen to this podcast and see what she says. <laughs> Laura, can we get a frog? <laughs> hey, mom, can we get a frog? <laughs> I feel like a, a, an, an angora rabbit. Oh shit! I got to look this up. It's a special kind of rabbit. Yes, it is known as the hairiest and fluffiest breed of rabbits. They are adorable. They're seven times comfier and warmer than sheep wool. Fun fact. These definitely cannot see. No, but they're adorable. Little cutie pies. Big rabbit. I really want one. Apparently, they're you can't have them in warm environments, obviously, as they are literally just fluff balls. So I was a really delinquent kid as a young one. So I remember this one time I was hanging out with a friend of mine. We knew another friend that had a rabbit as a pet and they kept it in their backyard. Uh And so one day we decided to steal his rabbit for the day from the backyard. And we drove it around town with us and took it to multiple places and hung out with it. And then we returned it. How'd that go? It went well. I mean, like, it was probably kind of cool, man. This rabbit was very large, though. Like, I'm talking, like, it was probably, it had to be, like, a 20 to 30 pound rabbit. It was huge. It was, like, the size of, like, a dog. Yeah. And it just kind of sat in the back seat with me, and, you know, I held it, and it hung out with us. Did you get it a leash and a harness? No. No. That would have been fun. We didn't have time to do that, but I imagine you could have walked this rabbit. That's very big. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of want one. I don't know. I think I've got enough enough furry beings in my abode. Yeah, you I mean, quite a few of them. Yeah, two cats and a dog is is enough. I did get them um, Halloween attire. So the, yeah, the cats got skirts and and grew. Uh, he got a onesie that he loves dearly. He loves. I think he's because he's so anxious. He just likes the feeling of wearing clothes. You're like, gonna have to post a picture of Brew in the onesie on your story. I can tell. Like people yeah. are wanna gonna want to see that. Oh yeah. He he loves it. Yeah. It's his see, we, 
we used to get a primo costumes because he like he feels safer when he's wearing something so he has like you know jackets and stuff he's a, he's a pit bull with severe anxiety but uh he used to have this costume that was um it had like a, a caveman on top of it and it was supposed to be like a triceratops mm -hmm. so he was just like a triceratops with a caveman riding him <laughs> and then he also had a pterodactyl costume and I remember one time I took him over to my parents' house because I was going on a trip and I was like, hey, like, can you guys watch him at your house? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I put his pterodactyl costume on so he wasn't like, you know, scared. The first thing he does when he gets to my parents' house is he just shits all over their floor. Nice. Now my dad's always like, man, that one time you brought a pterodactyl over to my house and you just shit on the floor everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> is that the worst feeling, though, when you like need your pet to just be on its best behavior one time in its life and it just chooses to be a pure menace in front of your parents yeah yeah that's that's primo for sure yeah Groot did that so i also have a pit bull with anxiety and uh i brought him to my parents place around my birthday and so my mom had bought me a birthday cake and whatever else and at, at a certain point myself my mom and my dad all had to leave the house to go do separate things. I went to the gym. They had to go who knows where. And so my dad was the first person to get back home. And he sent, he just texts me and all he says is, oh shit. And I was like, what's up? And he, then a picture comes in and it loads. And it's a picture series where he'd found my birthday cake that my mother had purchased me that had been pulled off of the counter and entirely, eaten. it was like a five pound cake. And then a large Tupperware container had been perfectly opened with no scratch marks and 16 oatmeal raisin cookies were no longer in said container and then grew was laying on the couch with just a distended fat belly with that's no awful couldn't he like die from that aren't raisins like grapes and yeah. dogs are like dude, he was yeah. fine he just shit his brains out for like three days but yeah so my mother was very upset with him because that cake came from like one specific bakery that is like 30 minutes away. So she had to like turn around and drive and get, cause she's a great mom. And uh, so, so Gru is, is no longer welcome at grandma's house, unfortunately. Yeah. He's grounded. He is. My mother is still exiled. He's, exiled. He's been voted off the Island. My mother is not happy with him to this day. And it's been quite some time. But anyways, well, Tyler, what are we talking about today? Today's a good topic, man. I think it's a, a lot of, something that many people need to hear about that compete or plan on getting into competing and it is over politics and judging in the competitive bodybuilding world does it does it actually exist is it real um i think what we need to discuss first is it's a subjective sport all right big thing if you're getting into bodybuilding this is a subjective sport you are going to be prepping for weeks, months, maybe even a year to do a show and step on stage for maybe 15 seconds. The judges do not care about what breakup you went through, who passed away in your family, if your dog died. Yeah. They do not care. They do not count any of that. They do not know what your weight is. They do not know any of it. And they're judging you based on your look in comparison to multiple other people on stage that did the exact same thing that you did made it to the stage mm -hmm. so one thing to think about there is you are being judged yep and it doesn't matter what you think or what your grandma thinks or your sister or your boyfriend your husband your girlfriend your wife it does not matter what they think 
The only thing that matters is the judge's thoughts on how you compared to everybody else competing that day. Yeah, yeah. I, I went on a, a rant about this yesterday because uh, we just had the Tennessee State Show, and it was done incredibly well, in my opinion, as far as what I saw with the outcome. And a couple of people raised Kane on their stories, which we'll talk about why you shouldn't do that because it's stupid. Um, but they raised Kane on their story about the judging and how it looked. And, and like I said before, like, you know, your mama and training partner in the Easter Bunny can all think that you look great and that you're going to win and your followers think you, you look great and you're going to win. But until you step on that stage against the people that also went through the same thing, you don't know where you're going to stand, right? Because ultimately, we always talk about it. There's an opportunity that a motherfucker could show up. And guess what? You are not going to win. But at the end of the day, like we said, there, there are six to eight sets of trained eyes on that judging panel. They... They have to look at a lot of people every day. I promise you, especially at a local level, if they don't know you, they're not, there's no politics at that point. You know what I mean? Like they don't know you. They haven't seen you before. They are judging you just based on what you look like. And if you fit the criteria or relatively speaking, the look that they want to see that day, that's what decides it, right? Like, again, and I've said this before, I've earned every placing that I have ever received. I've got two overall wins. I've got a third place finish. I've got a 12th place finish and I've won a lot of classes. I've never questioned one of them because that's what I earned that day. Whether I necessarily agree with it or not is not for me to decide because guess what? I'm not the fucking judge. I'm the one choosing to be judged. You got, you can't, yeah. you can't go into the sport with having thin skin, right? Cause you are literally signing up for people to look at you from head to toe, front to back and, nitpick what needs to change and what looks good and what doesn't you you have to be okay with receiving that feedback yeah well here's the thing too is like i understand being upset and wanting to win i understand being a competitive mindset and that, that is required for you know bodybuilding but here's the thing if you are upset that you lost it is okay to discuss that with the people close to you Mm -hmm. Like, talk about that with your friends and your family, but don't take it to social media. No, that's where you screw up. It's like, nobody's going to agree with you. And then you're just being, you know, an ass to the person that beat you who worked harder than you. Yeah. And that's why they want. And yeah. it, it, it sucks to say that and it sucks to hear that, but it's the truth. It's just, you know, there was somebody better mm -hmm. and the judges saw that and what they were looking for that day they decided that person beat you. So you may be upset about it, but you know, going on to Instagram and putting on your story that you got robbed or the judges are blind, is just making you look like an ass. Like I and, go ahead, sorry. And the people don't realize the judges are seeing a lot of this stuff. And it, it's very disrespectful to, to say these things, not only to the other competitors, but to these judges who are judging these shows. It's it's the worst look you can portray for yourself as an athlete, or even like if I had an athlete as a coach, if I had one of my athletes do that, like you're, we're gone, we're not doing this because at the end of the day, like especially when you go into the sport, like you do your first show, they don't know who you are, right? And that's yeah. that's actually in most cases that's a great thing, right? Because you can kind of set set the standard for yourself as an athlete moving forward. But the second you raise Kane, I promise you. Either the judges will see it or it will be sent to the judges because I was sitting with the president of NPC Tennessee. I was sitting with Alan and we were discussing it 
and he brought up, like he pulled up screenshots that were sent to him of athletes who had shit talked him on their stories. And in a lot of those cases, he pulled up the scorecard in relation to it. And most cases he was judging in favor of these athletes. It was the panel that's unaffiliated that also, you know what I mean? That's where people people are getting upset. The judging system, the way that it's built, there's a quantifiable way that it's approached. And it's, they take the averages of all of these judges votes to pull out the two outliers of the highest and the lowest score. They take the middle average of those. And that's what dictates it literally to prevent the opportunity for favoritism, right? Yep. So just because your homeboys with somebody on the, on the judging panel or they're a coach's buddy or they're whatever, one person can't win you the show. You just, you have to win the show, right? But it's, yep. if, if you raise Cain in these situations, at that point, you are, you are putting yourself in a uh, not as advantageous of a position to, but I mean, you could potentially blackball yourself as far as I'm concerned. The judges obviously aren't going to agree with that, and that's fine. But in my head, if I'm a judge and I see someone talking shit about my judging and I remember you, there's subconsciously there's got to be some amount of direct correlation with your placing at that point. Yeah, like I, I thought I can think of a specific example back at Kentucky Derby in April. I had Jessica Briggs competing in figure and she won the overall. And in my opinion, it was extremely obvious that she won. You yes. know, her conditioning was just far ahead of everybody else's. But I remember another girl competing in figure who was also in the overall that won her class, went on Instagram, put on her story that her coach had told her that she got robbed and that it was unfair and blamed the judging and blamed everything else but herself. So if you would have compared the pictures between her and Jess, it was fairly obvious that Jess beat her. Yes. But what's crazy to me is you have coaches that instead of, you know, taking the blame and being honest with their clients on why they lost, they will blame the judges or they'll blame politics instead of taking taking the blame or, you know, saying what's going on. Like my job as a coach, as soon as somebody gets off stage, win or lose, is to sometimes, you know, I may compliment them first and be like, got, you got it. But then I tell them what went wrong and what could have been better. Mm -hmm. If you got second place, I'm going to go tell you why you got second place. I'm going to tell you why the other competitor beat you. Yeah. I'm not going to go back there and be like, you know what? Screw that. That was so wrong. And like cause a scene on Instagram. No. And it, it tells me a lot about a competitor, about how they respond to that feedback. Like I've had people, you know, and I'll go back at to back to them backstage immediately and, you know, I'll discuss it with them and tell them whether they're wrong, they're really receptive, and they get right back to work. I've had some who, you know, are disrespectful to the judges. They're sitting there cussing and upset, walking away from me when I'm trying to tell them the truth. And honestly, I don't work with any of those people anymore. I think they shouldn't be doing bodybuilding at all because they can't handle it. No, you shouldn't take the judge's word as gospel when it's in your favor, but then take it as a lie when it's not. At the end of the day, like, that's not how this works. You are, again, we are signing up to be judged. And I'm sorry, you're not always going to hit it on the head. I have not always hit it on the head, right? I'm two and two at this point. And like, it is what it is. And at every show, and again, we're all entitled to our own opinions of things, right? Like when I won my first show, there was plenty of people who didn't think I deserved to, right? And that's fine. It is what it is. They don't decide that. The judges did. They decided that I won Right. So it's like we're all entitled to, entitled to our own opinions. 
but there's a time and a place to share them. And on social media is not the place if you do not agree. Do not say you got robbed. Do not say you don't understand it. Go. This is what you do. If you want to be the best athlete that you can be, I'm going to give you a really cool fucking secret. You ask the judges for their feedback. You take yep. it as the truth and you fix it. And guess what? You'll be a better athlete because if a judge tells me, hey, man, your arms need to get bigger. I'm going to make sure that my arms are bigger the next time I step on stage. And I hope they reward me for doing what I was told. Because guess yep. what? That's kind of what they're trying to get. When, when, when judges are giving you this feedback, it's not to say, hey, you're bad. And this is why it's to say, hey, if you improve these things, we'll give you what you want. Yep. That's so what a great example, man. You know, I this past weekend, I had uh, Christy Killian win overall Miss Indiana for figure and women's physique, right? And she did a great job, brought an amazing look. We thought it was spot on. But... You know, we're going into North Americans for a pro card opportunity. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to make sure I get feedback as soon as possible. So I sent her pictures to a judge that I know and trust. And I said, hey, what do you think about this? I'm trying to decide if I need to bring her in a little bit tighter or if we can bring in this look right here. And he turned out to be the he was the head judge at that show. So he'd already seen her and he was impressed by her. But you know what? He'd already seen her in person and told me, bring her in just a tad tighter. And she's spot on was very impressed by her. We know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to take his feedback, even though she won, and do exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. You know, the only opinion that matters is the judges. Yeah, that's it. Like when at Junior Nationals, when we stepped off stage, like I knew at finals, I wasn't even going to get an opportunity to pose. I was going to get to go out and hit a pose and leave. And that was it. The, the sole reason I went back, one, out of respect to everybody, because there were a lot of people who didn't come back for the night show, and that's a very bad look, but was to be able to meet Tyler Mannion and say, hey, what do I need to fix? He yep. told me, cut and dry, what I needed to fix? Simple, right? Now I have quantifiable data to work with. If you don't get that data and you just assume that you're hot shit, your placing doesn't reflect that clearly. So obviously you're not hot shit. So there's obviously something that needs to improve. They're going to give you literally the pieces to the puzzle. It is just up to you to put that puzzle together before the next time you step on stage. And if you do that, yeah. you should place better. Simple. Well, that's the thing, man. And the judges are going to remember that. Like, you know, you going back there and actually getting their feedback or, you know, caring enough about your placing so that you can do what they say to get better and place better at your next show it says a lot to them. It shows that you care. Yeah, It's the ones that I'm seeing where, you know, instead of going to get this feedback, they're like, screw that feedback. I'm not going to listen to that. Those are the ones that I see continuously placing, you know, top five, but never moving up to, you know, second or first. And that's that's on them. It, it's you can use the subjectiveness of this sport as your advantage or you can, you know, live in the dark and continuously try to step on stage with no improvements, wondering why you're not winning. Yeah. You're, you're choosing to be oblivious. Like at the end of the day, like I love competing, but competing has just allowed me to amplify the one thing that I'm actually obsessed with, which is just constant improvement. This just gives me a way to, I guess, chase it more aggressively in a sense. So if you're just going into every show and you're like, dude, I don't know why I'm not winning. Well, guess what? When the judges tell you that you need to be more conditioned and you keep stepping on stage and not listening to them, you're not going to go anywhere, right? Like, yeah. it's not hard to see. And again, it's not hard to tell. Like, going into every show, I already know what I need to improve on, right? Like, I already make those notes. I've already written my split and everything else before I've even stepped on stage on show day. 
but I already know ahead of time. And I can say very confidently, every time I've gotten judges feedback, I was like, I figured, thank you. I just like to hear it again, right? Like I know what my weak points are as an athlete and where I need to improve. But then there are some people who don't, they can't fathom they need to improve anything, but then they're confused that they're not winning. There's a direct correlation. It's not politics. I promise you at your local show, they are not putting you in fourth or fifth place because of who you know or who you don't. It's because you don't look fucking good enough. Somebody is beating you. Yeah, that's like uh, I remember in 2019 Kentucky Open, I had Kagan Robinson and he won Mr. Kentucky there. But and then the open show, he was edged out and they gave it to another guy. Well, I remember I had a ton of people text me afterwards, you know, I don't agree with that and all this stuff. And I'm like, OK, that's fine, you know. And even Kagan stepped off stage and I remember he came up to me. He's like, what do you think happened there? And I was like straight up to him. I was like, they liked him better, man. Yep. And I was like, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, I, I'm going to always be biased towards my clients, of course. You know, I'm, I am I want them to all to win. But I'm going to tell them like, hey, you know, we got to get better. We just got to get your feedback and we got to come back better. There's nothing we can do here. If we complain and talk shit and say like, oh, we should have won. They got it wrong. It just makes us look stupid. You just look they're, stupid. They're not gonna, we can't go back and get first place because we complained. Think about it. And you know, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It only matters what happened with the judging. There's nothing you can do to fix that after it's already been judged. Yeah, Come back better and do what you're supposed to do. Do what they tell you and, you know, you'll be rewarded. Yeah. If you aren't willing to be receptive to that feedback and you only take like the good positive feedback from your loved ones, just get in shape and don't get on stage. Just like keep posting on Instagram and get your praise. Like that's fine. And they'll teach their own. But at the end of the day, like as a coach, like we talked about, like there have been decisions where I was like, I don't know about that, but like, I'll, and I'll, I'll go talk to the judges and kind of get their feedback and get, understand where they're coming from to see where I can improve as a coach and how my athlete can improve. Yeah. But like if I have a guy placing third, I don't think he probably deserved first because he got beat by two people. And now if it's like a close call, like I had a call last year where I was like, I felt like my, one of my guys belonged in second, he landed third. And then once I talked to the judges and understood what they were looking for that day, it made sense, right? Like, yeah. but I'm not going to sit here and be like, dude, what the hell is your deal? Like, it do that doesn't do anything for me. And it also for my athlete, me misleading him and just saying, hey, man, you got robbed or this, that, and the other. It's like, that's not going to benefit him in the long run of doing this sport versus just saying, hey, man, you know, this is where we need to improve. Let's do it, right? Well as a coach, I always say, I'm here to do my best work. I'm going to put you on stage to your best look possible. But from there, it's it's up to the judges to decide. It's not in my control. I will do everything in my power to make somebody win. But I am honest with all my people before they step on stage. I'm like, you're bringing your best look right now. You look the best you've ever looked. It's up to them. You know, they, they, may, they may love you. They may think you look way off. They may think that you're not what they're looking for that day. And we go from there. I I have no control over it after, you know, we get on stage. No, no. And it's like, that's the risk that we're all taking, man. Like, you don't know who's going to be there until you get there. You just bring your best and hope it's the best and it's enough, right? And you hope it's the look they want because, like, the judges, obviously, there's a, there's a strict criteria that these judges follow. But a lot of times, because of how different people look from, like, a, from a standpoint of, like, the general consensus of athletes – Sometimes it's just, it is, they have to judge based on what's in front of them too, right? Yeah. Like, 
there might be just a better look. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if we look back to my first show, you know, the class that my open class was was very stacked. And I was going up against a guy, one of my buddies, James Perigo. And to me, I still probably would have picked James to win in my open class because he was more muscular and he had better conditioning, especially through the glutes and hamstrings, right? So I could make the argument for him winning. A lot of people made the argument for him winning, but they chose that they liked my look that day. So I won. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, James brought an incredible package. And again, truthfully, like there, I look back and they're, I think we go kind of pose for pose. I win some, he wins some, but from like a muscularity and conditioning standpoint, I think he beat me in, in certain, in a lot of areas. The judges liked me better that day. So I won. It's like, what yeah. to do? That's what happens, man. It's like they're judging what they see that day. And I, I remember there was a coach that I respect and they were not happy with a placing at a, a show and a regional level. And they made a post on their story. And I was the first one to, you know, message them and be like, man, this is this doesn't look good. You need to take this down. I was like, you know, that you guys are going to have more people compete at these shows and you doing this makes you look stupid and it may affect your your next competitors. Nobody wants you to be the, the coach that's sitting there complaining because your your client didn't win and then being like, it's the judge's fault there. That that just makes you, you know, in my opinion, I, I if I was a judge, I'd look at that coach afterwards and be like, all right, buddy, like, yeah, <laughs> well, my thing is, too. OK, so let's look at it this way. If you. Let's say you compete in your, your home state all the time. And every time you compete, you you aren't winning and you blame it on the judging. Go compete in a different fucking state and see what happens. I've won shows in Tennessee. I've also won a show in Georgia. Like, and I won a show in Georgia where like the hometown hero coach had like most of his athletes in it. And I beat some of his athletes. So obviously there's not political affiliation if I just went to this dude's hometown and beat his athlete. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I've won show like the first show I won, I didn't have a social media following. Nobody knew who I was. Right. So like obviously that's not the the deciding factor. Like the shows that I've lost, I've lost with the following. I've lost because of X, Y, and Z, or yeah. just because I simply got fucking beat. And that is what it is. But it's a part of the show. Like I mean it's part of the sport, man. Like you can't go into this expecting I hate to say it this way, because we obviously all do this with the intention of winning. You can't go into this expecting to win every show you ever do. There is no way. There is not a person on this planet who has won every show they've ever done. That's like, man, I remember that one show we did last year in Knoxville, Knox Classic. I remember you placed third. And, of course, that's not what we're going for. We wanted to win. Yeah. But, you know, we you got off stage and we didn't sit there and complain about the judging. What did we do? We looked for a next show. And we waited till afterwards. We got your feedback and we went and did the next show and you won it overall. Yep. Yeah. People people kept telling me like we had a lot of people come up to us and discuss the placing and how they didn't agree with it. And I said, and I told a lot of people, I said, listen, this would be a different conversation if I got second and someone got first and you thought I got first. I got third. Two people beat me. Yeah. Like two people beat me. I could have argued. And I can sit here and look at it. The guy who won, won. He was the most conditioned dude on stage. He looked really fucking great. The guy who got second, I could argue in certain ways, I could have, I might have beaten him, but he still beat me, right? But I'm not going to say, like, oh, dude, I should have won that. The kid who won, won, and he looked great. Connor is a, a great fucking athlete, right? And I have all the respect for him on the planet. 
I'm not going to sit here and walk around and stomp my feet and pout and piss and moan because I didn't place where I was supposed to. I took the feedback and I said, okay, well, let's fix this. And we found a show four weeks later and I went and I won it. Yeah. Simple. And, and that's, that's what you got to do. I mean, I encourage everybody, you know, th this is bodybuilding and it's a constant sport of progression. Like you are never going to be your absolute best. You're going to have to continuously work and you can always improve. So to do this, you literally go back to the drawing board and you find out why you lost, yep. right? So, and I, I can give some, a few examples of this. Like you may have lost because somebody's conditioning was better than yours. Mm -hmm. You may have lost because somebody had better structure, better shape. Yeah. You may have lost because of a simple thing like posing. Yep. And it, it could be a number of things. They could have decided if you're bikini that they didn't like your flow and presentation. Yep. It could be as simple as, hey, you know, you didn't present yourself well. And because of that, you lost to this girl who did present herself perfectly. And also and all of that stuff matters. And you can also be judged based on what you've previously bought, brought compared to what you brought this time. And that's been something I've talked to the judges here about was a lot of the same judges saw me in 2019 and they saw how dry I was. I was a lot smaller. And so at the Knox, the next time I stepped on stage, I was a lot bigger, but I wasn't compared to what they were used to seeing me as far as conditioning goes. I wasn't there. So they were judging me based on what I'd previously brought. And that's, that's acceptable too. I, you know what I mean? Like I kind of set a standard for myself in my first show and it wasn't quite, quite brought in that second showing. And then it was brought in the third showing and I won. Right. Yeah. I, I've seen people blame just about everything but themselves for not winning a show. Um, and it gets, it gets crazy, man. I've seen people say that, you know, it was because somebody was sponsored or it was because somebody went to a certain gym or it was because somebody knew somebody. And if you look at the pictures, it always tells a case, you know, the final, the final stage pictures they post normally show the differences. But we also have to remember cell phone cameras don't really show the full image. You you are often, you know, they're focused on one person in that particular lineup. They're taken from a certain angle. The judges are seeing stuff up front and close and the best lighting possible from that venue is all set up so that they can see the differences between these physiques. So if you were nine rows back taking a picture and you're catching somebody, you know, in the middle of transitioning a pose and the other person's already in it. Of course, you could say, oh, yeah, his back looks better here. Well, yep. no shit. That other person isn't set up. I've seen people literally comment that on pictures and be like, oh, you look much better than the other girl here. And it's like, yeah, the other girl's not set in her pose yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and, and we, you know, we even say that when we watch like these live streams and stuff, right? People don't understand like, unless you see people in person, especially at like, in the judges, like where they're at in relation to the stage, it's a completely different look than what any picture, any like video, anything can show. Even if you're like at the back of a venue, watching versus the front of a venue, it can make the most drastic difference in what you're actually able to see. So people obviously like, like you said, like you go and you get your professional photographer to come in and get all these perfect pictures, all these shots of you, like, you're gonna look incredible, obviously. But what all that matters is literally the comparison round and what the judges get to see. I don't care what picture your mama took or what your training partner saw or the video you saw. 
The judges are seeing something else. And you can go up to the judges and show them those pictures and go, well, look what I took. They don't care. They don't have to care. They're doing their job. Another thing, man, is it's based so much on criteria. So, you know, they're trying to fit that criteria the best possible to the closest to what the criteria mentions. So I've seen some girls go up for bikini and it's just like they're very, you know, disproportionate. And, you know, they may look good, but another girl who is leaner or smaller and less muscle fits that criteria better because she's leaner, smaller and has less muscle. And I've seen people be like, why is this girl with no muscle winning? And it's like, because that certain division doesn't require as much muscle. There's a standard that has to be upheld, right? And it's like, we can't, the second we start stepping away from the criteria, we've lost the whole purpose of these divisions, right? So it's like, if I was to go try to do open bodybuilding, I guarantee I wouldn't place well because I fit the criteria of classic and they would, I would be scored accordingly. Right. Like there's just, so it's like the same concept. If someone comes in too heavily muscled and too thick for men's physique and they look like an open bodybuilder, they're going to be judged poorly in men's physique, but probably rewarded in bodybuilding. They can't say it's political. You have to look and again, a lot of this just comes down to a lack of self-awareness, right? You have to look at what criteria you need to fit, where you need to improve, right? Like I see some people who step on stage who are not even remotely in shape and then get confused when they lose. It's like, well, you're trying to do men's physique and you don't have abs yet because you're not in shape. That's not politics, buddy. You didn't do your part. No, no. It's people have too much pride and they don't want to blame themselves where they screwed up possibly in prep. They didn't push themselves hard enough. They cheated on their diet. They didn't put enough emphasis on practicing posing when they should have. Um, you know, they cut off their cardio five minutes short and, and this stuff all shows when you finally make it to stage Yeah. on that 15 seconds that you stepped on stage, it is going to expose every single time you cheated on your diet. Every time you decided that you wanted to do something differently, or every time you decided to skip out on your posing practice, it's going to be all exposed. And you've got to think about that. If you can, if you step off stage and you can think of a single time where you half ass something and you lost, count that as one of the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, like we said too, you know, ultimately what you do at the end of the day and what I do with everybody is you should have already probably had a p- couple of shows picked out close to one another. You get the judges feedback and you talk to them and say, is this something that I can improve in three weeks or is it something I need to spend a year improving, right? And then yeah. if they say that it's something you can improve pretty quickly, if it's a conditioning thing or just a, something to do with the peaking process, you take those notes, you would try to improve and you go do another fucking show to see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I, I said, mean, if you think it's local home cooking, go do a show out of state. Cause I've won one of those too. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's the thing, man. It's like, you can go from one show and you can place, you know, fourth or fifth place or even dead last. And you could go to a different show two weeks later, making the improvements necessary that they told you to do. And you could place first and possibly win the overall. And it's all about doing the work that's necessary to get that, that achievement. And it always confuses me when I get people and they're like, I don't want to get the judge's feedback. I don't care about that. And I'm like, why would you not care about the most important person's opinion? 
It's the most, yeah, it's literally the only thing that we're actually after is the, we're literally after the approval of these eight strangers, basically. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and you're going to, you're going to sit there and listen to your mom and dad and your boyfriend and your, your mom, like your sister. And they're all going to be like, you should have won. I didn't understand that. Like I've, I've had clients, man, to play second place before. And immediately afterwards I've had like their significant other run up there and be like, that's bullshit. She won because of this. And it's like, no, no, no. It's it's not that. It's she was better than you. Well, it's like if you're <laughs> such a good judge. Why are you not on the panel? Yeah, you know I mean, like there's like there's there's a what like nobody can just walk off the street and become a judge, right? There's a process to how you actually do it, and like judges like have to be held to a certain standard within the actual industry. So like they'll kick judges off the panels if they don't feel as if they are. Yeah, yeah. they they have to have a I forget the percentage rate of you know correct. Yeah. In comparison to the head judge, they have to get a certain percentage right and or else they lose their privileges to judge. Exactly. Um, a lot. Also, what you said earlier, the the outlying scores, the top and bottom ones are thrown out of the average. Mm -hmm. That's important to think about. So there's really no way. And then if the um, person is related to the judge and somehow where I know judging is they're allowed to coach in some regions the judges are i know in kentucky i don't think it's allowed it's but i know yeah but they have to sit out from the judging panel on that mm -hmm. certain person's class so it, it, they can't sit there and you know give that person first place just because so that, that's stuff to think about you know I, I really like to tell people this leave it no doubt that you won and you will be rewarded do everything you're supposed to do, bring the conditioning, do everything that makes you fit the criteria and you will be rewarded. If you're sitting there and you're wondering why you lost, it's because you need to be better. Yeah. If you're not undeniable, you're not undeniable at the end of the day. Right. So yeah, I think that's really it. I, I, I just hate seeing people be sore losers and potentially just, you know, discourage somebody from ever stepping on stage because there's a fear of politics or that there's this whole like, underlying illuminati of these decisions being made and it's like at the end of the day we're starving ourselves to be judged by people and then we get mad when we're judged by people so that's the thing man is i've had times where i may not agree with the placing but i'm not the one that makes the decisions yeah i'm not on that panel. i was i was not the one at center state center of the stage looking at them from six feet away yeah so i did not see what they saw and of course, I want my clients to win. I mean, and of course, I'm going to see their positives. I'm going to see other people's negatives. So you got to remember that, too. If you are have your, you know, brother stepping on stage, of course, you're going to see all your brother's positives. And you're going to be trying to point out flaws of the people that are going against him Absolutely. because you want them to win. And that's just how it is to be a person. So that's like in a subjective sport when nobody knows who these people are, they're deciding accurately who the best was. They're just looking at numbers and faces. They're not looking at like, oh, this is Billy Bob and he lost all this weight or he knows so-and-so. They're just literally looking at physiques. That's their job all day. They're looking at hundreds of people all day. They're just, they're looking and moving on, right? They're not sitting here like keeping track of who knows who and whatnot. It's like, if you're the best, you're going to be rewarded accordingly. So just go be the best. And if you're not the best that day, figure out from the judges what it's going to take to make you the best and then set out to do it. And yes. then hopefully you'll be the best. It's pretty simple. Yep. Correct. That's the way to do it, guys. If you're not winning, make sure you figure out why. 
Yeah, and just and figure out how to win. It. This is an ever-evolving journey, guys. We're on it. We're in a sport where we're literally chasing something that can never be achieved, and that's the perfect physique. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's just strap in and be patient and understand, like, you're not going to win them all, and that's okay. But it's like, at the end of the day, blaming the judges is not conducive to making you the best athlete that you can be. That's, Blame yourself. That's the thing. I, I do want to say this, too, as a closing statement. If you are a competitor and you don't place well in a show, right and you decided that you didn't need to get the judges feedback and you're going to take it on yourself and then you go start with a coach afterwards and you do not present me with that feedback then i'm going to think that you don't take this seriously yeah yeah simple so like we've said before you know this isn't meant for everybody but you also don't have to do it but if you choose to understand the unwritten rules that come with it you know so on that note guys just Try to be better. That's what we're all after. Any tips, wisdom? Yes. Uh, if you're bald, make sure to put sunscreen on your head, or it will burn. Yes, it can burn. Um, yes, I that's I I used to have that issue, but that's why I wear beanies to protect my head at all times. Yeah, or wear a hat. Wear yeah. hats. That's what I do. So. On that note, guys, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Modcast. Um, if you could leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple, um, shout us out, repost us, tell your friends and family. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please reach out to either of us. Any topics you want us to discuss, we'd be more than happy to do that. Uh, you just got to let us know what you guys want to hear. Yep. Thank you all. Thank you, guys. Till next time.